Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. today, especially if you're a visitor, welcome. I'm Donna Opoka, and these are your announcements. Eileen Lindbergh would like to thank everyone who participated in our board game night last night. It was a lot of fun. We all had a great time. <laughs> Please join us after service in fellowship for um, more refreshments and fun times. <laughs> Also today, our annual meeting and budget approval is at 11.30 down in the social hall, and it'll be also on Zoom. You must fill out a membership form to vote at the annual meeting. To fill out the form online before the annual meeting, go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, and click on the membership form. There are also going to be membership forms in the usher station and in the social hall. So please give your completed forms to Eileen Lindbergh before, or Reverend Kelly before the meeting. 
to join the meeting via Zoom, just click on the link on our website. All are welcome to our Bible study class on Wednesdays from 1 to 3 on Zoom, and our meditation services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., in person and on Zoom. The Zoom links for both of those are on the website. Our capital campaign total is now $11,778. Our goal is $50,000. To distinguish these donations from your usual tithes and offerings, please write capital campaign on your checks and donation envelopes. For online contributions, please scroll down to the capital campaign box. Thank you for contributing to the renovation of our floors, doors, and sanctuary lighting. Volunteers are needed to help with the Children's Church one Sunday a month. If you are interested in this wonderful opportunity, please see Sharon Clace, our Youth and Family Ministry Director, or email her at youth at unityfh.com. Eileen Lindbergh is our prayer chaplain for today. She will be available to pray with you after service in the sanctuary near the patio doors. To stay abreast of all our weekly activities and upcoming events and our outreach pages, please visit unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page or read through the weekly newsletter emailed out every Friday. And now. As the music team sings, surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer and meditation. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel God's mighty power and God's grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the cousins here and she brought some other family members too. So. Okay, well now it's time for the reading of the daily word. So I invite you to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath and settle in <coughs> to hear it for today. Today's word for Sunday, February 19, 2023 is aspire. And we affirm, I aspire to create I aspire to help create a world that works for all. And our message reads, I hold a vision and an of an equitable world, a global community that supports and encourages all people to live fully and reach their unique potential. I feel a kindred, 
a kinship with those who hold a similar vision and work to realize it. My past experiences and present perspectives show me what is mine to do and how I can contribute to, my, to re realizing my vision. I trust I will be guided and inspired to find avenues of service where the things I do best and most enjoy doing will be my will be most helpful. <clears throat> I had a center myself. I bless the people I may never meet, and I offered my time, talents, and effort to further my vision of a new way of living. With clarity of purpose, I take my place among a growing network of caring visionary souls. And today's scripture comes from Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. The gifts he gave were to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Let us pray. So I invite you, if you haven't already, to take a deep breath, gently close your eyes, and bring your attention down into your heart center right in the center of your chest. Allow your mind to quiet down. Allow your heart to open up to God as we acknowledge God's presence, not just within us, but within the world, within each person here present. And God, as we acknowledge you right now, we thank you so much for the way that you bless us, the way your power of love is healing us, the way you are restoring us, the way you are creating love and peace in this world, the way you are realigning and recharging and recreating your truth in this world. We allow ourselves to open up to be a part of the healing of this country. Even in the moments where it feels uncomfortable, we will have those conversations. We will open ourselves up to let you, your light shine inside of us so deeply that it heals us and gives us courage to do what is ours to do, gives us strength to do what is ours to do as we let you do what is yours to do. Thank you for blessing this service, for opening us up to hear your message, for bringing forth the meaning so deeply that it awakens and becomes alive in us, and for giving us the unction and the passion and the zeal to go forth and be that presence in the world. And so just for a little bit, we're going to sit in this love, sit in this knowing, and just let ourselves be quieted down so that we can move everything out of the way that blocks us from hearing you completely. So let us take another deep breath and exhale deeply. just sit in a space of peace 
and love just for a little bit. another deep breath breathing in a feeling of love and exhale deeply a feeling of love out into the world thank you God for your love that loves us no matter what and is teaching us to do the same for you, for ourselves, and for the, everyone in this world. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. And now let us go ahead and read our um, statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Wait, say that two more times. I did that for you, Roxanne. This is the visualized expression of God. One more time. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let's also do our growth affirmation with, and do it with some gusto, knowing that it's working. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
another hand. I think it's sweet business to have, for me, this, this is the sweetest, um, the sweetest uh, music team we, the, in unity. So um, I feel fortunate to have them <clears throat> for, at our church. <clears throat> I have a scratchy voice today. <clears throat> and it's interesting because I was thinking about that song and um, I didn't know they were going to play it and they ended up playing it. And I want to say hi to Roxanne. And I'm going to be a mama bear energy. As excited as we are to see her, we're going to do our six feet distancing <clears throat> and not get, not um, bombard her with too much energy. Amen? Amen. We go, mwah, 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 mwah. you go hug, 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 but don't go running at her. So. <clears throat> and at the end, we're, we're, we're going to, it's funny because I was talking with Eileen about this. We wanted to, the prayer chaplains wanted to pray for her, but she's here now. So when we do our circle at the end, <clears throat> I'm going to start doing it where it, when we um, do our virtual prayer circle and we stand, if anybody wants to come down and be kind of like you're in the middle, because I'm going to ask you to stand and come down, you can do that. And we'll still keep our distancing, but at least you'll be encircled spiritually by prayer. So I want to start doing that also. Thank you for that idea, Eileen. <clears throat> we have been going through the pair of, hey there, Mr. Wana. I'll call you out. I know. <laughs> I'm here. Yep, you're here. I didn't do attendance yet. So you're not legally tardy. <laughs> I just like being silly. <clears throat> but anyway, 
we have been studying the parables lately. And, um, I, you know, some of them are very tricky to, like, go into, like the one I'm going to be going through today. So we're going to, I'm going to let God do some work in me because, you know, it's interesting to stay in alignment with what you're guided and then also have it flow into what's going on in the current events and all of that kind of stuff. So, because we're in Black History Month, so like, how you want me to tie this into Black History Month, God? And God's going to find a way to bring this in. But then we also had shooting, another shooting going on in Michigan State, and it's like, it's still happening where this, this um, crime towards each other and this disregard to human life is happening. And so this has really been moving me off my center in a way that, because, you know, even though you come in a space, you know, I was very obsessive compulsive. I'm doing a squirrel moment, so just let me do my squirrel moment. <laughs> okay, there we go. Last week I watched and I was like, nobody told me to fix it? So I'm doing my squirrel move. Squirrel is when I'm in the middle of saying something and I do something else. When it's out of Africa, it's just out of the blue, I start saying something. You're like, where did that come from? So when I say squirrel, that's what happened. I just had a squirrel moment. <clears throat> Bear with me. I have them every once in a while. <clears throat> so any, <laughs> maybe more once, maybe a while, maybe more once in a, in a, uh, every day than once in a while. But anyway, uh, I am very empathic. I, I feel the world sometimes before it happens. I feel things that... That, that are going to happen before they happen. So I, I, before the shooting happened, I was telling how, my husband Howard, I was telling him, and I said my husband for those of you who don't know him, but I was saying, um, I feel weepy. Like, it's just, I feel weepy. And I, and I had this deep sense of hurt, and then it happened. And so it's like this very interesting to go through this world and go through these experiences and have God tied into what we're studying today. So, but we're going to do it. So the parable that we're studying today is in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 33. And the title of my talk today is um, Self-Examination and Repentance. The title of this parable is Parable of the Rich Man and Lazarus. <clears throat> and I, I um, got a sinner. I feel you, God, deeply. And I'm grateful to be up here today. And I'm grateful for everything that you've been doing inside of me and moving me. <clears throat> I've had some deep conversations that have stretched me. But I love it because in the stretching, it teaches me. And it brings me into practicing what you want me to say in my talk. So I'm I know you've prepared me. My human is decreasing that the spirit may come forth. And I thank you ahead of time for whatever comes forth. Thank you, God. Amen. <clears throat> so in this parable, it's interesting because this parable, Jesus has been um, kind of linking things together. Before when we were talking in the beginning of uh, Luke 16, we were talking about how Jesus was talking about the shrewd manager, the parable of the shrewd manager. And that came after he was talking about the lost parables, which was the lost sheep, 
the lost coin, and the lost son. And that he was taught, uh, he brought into, um, started saying those parables because as he was, as the tax collectors and other quote-unquote sinners were coming to hear from Jesus and people were coming around Jesus that Jesus could teach them, the Pharisees who were, and the, the teachers of religious law were mumbling and grumbling about how he's having all kinds of uh, low lives around him, those people who are um, undesirables around him. And he was doing, he did the three parables, the lost parables, because he wanted to let the Pharisees know that that's who you go after, those who are lost. And then when they, when they shift and repent, you celebrate. That he didn't, he, he says that he didn't come for those who think they know that they know. He came for not only those who, don't, who know they don't know, but are willing to have their hearts be changed. That's the true meaning of repent, repentance. And in these, in these lost parables, he's talking about how they, were, they, they found a part of themselves that was lost, and there was a celebration. And so the parable, the Pharisees are still fussing because then he goes into talking about the shrewd manager. And as he talks about the shrewd manager, he says that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money at the same time. Now, these Pharisees love money, so they were grumbling about that. And so then that's the, that's the precursor for him to go into the next uh, fair parable, which this is the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And this is really interesting because <clears throat> as I read this, I became very aware about how, the, how society is today. And I'll read it and let you guys see if you pick up on what I'm feeling. Verse 19, Jesus said, there was a certain man, rich man who had, was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit by beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead. There in the torment, he saw Abraham in, a, in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father, Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over, over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my lips. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is no, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. <clears throat> Verse 27, the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers and I want him to warn them so that so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man replied, 
no father Abraham. But if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. <clears throat> now right here you can see a distinction, a clear distinction between the rich man and Lazarus, can't you? You can see a distinction so deeply that the rich man isn't even thinking about Lazarus. Now he's outside of his gate. Now this now, that means he has an enclosed area and outside of his gate where he is. The dogs that he had were security dogs. And they're running, they're coming over, licking his wounds. And he's sitting out there. He, and, and it's interesting that he's sitting out there. Now, the rich man, I'm sure, knows that he's out there. But his mind isn't there. His mind is too caught up in his luxury and his gluttony of eating and having a, a fabulous day. It says that he, had, he was clothed in purple even down to his linen. His underwear was even purple. And what that saying is that he was feeling that he was righteous and superior. Purple means to be royalty. But here where the waiter is saying it is righteous and superior. And this is, the, this is directed towards the Pharisees. And I love how Jesus would say these parables in a way where it was indirect in there. He didn't directly call them out, but he'd give a story for them to think about it so they can pay attention to their own behavior and maybe change. <clears throat> the thing to notice here, Lazarus means God will, God, um, God's help. God is my help. And the other piece to think about here is Jesus trying to get the Pharisees to see that you need to repent because when you transition, the consciousness you will be in, you will go through a completion of reaping what you sow until you've reaped it, and then you will shift. Does that make sense? Yeah. The law happened. Remember um, in the, uh, let's go back down here. Remember in verse 17 it says, but that doesn't mean he said about the, the, I'll go to verse 16. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. So they're trying to buy their money to get in. Remember we talked about the story of the young rich man came to Jesus and said, how can I get into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, to, um, you do your Ten Commandments. He said, I already do that. And he said, well, sell all of your riches, give it to the the poor, and then come and follow me. And he didn't want to do it. Now, it seemed like a good, what, he was, what they were hearing from John the Baptist was a spiritual way of living, which was deeper than the behaviors that of, of, the, of the scriptures that, Jesus, that Moses wrote. Because when it says Moses and the prophets, it's, only, it's talking about the, five, the first five books of the Torah of the Old Testament that Moses is attributed to have written. So it's scriptures that they're talking about here. And Jesus says that he can, he, heaven and earth can disappear, but the law will remain. That means you will still reap what you sow, even if you transition in the middle of what you've sown. Does that make sense? Yeah. The law has to complete itself and manifest 
because that is how it's, it's absolute. When you transition, you don't leave it. You go into that consciousness, just like the, um, this rich man is here in this consciousness, and he is he's tormented. Now look at what happens even when he's in his consciousness. He sees Abraham, and Abraham re represents the father consciousness, represents God's presence. He doesn't say, hi to Lazarus or nothing. He treats him the same way that he did when he was alive. Can you tell Lazarus to come over here and be my slave and stick his finger in some water and touch my lips? Oh, oh, wait, wait. Okay, well, he can't come. Well, can you send Lazarus up to my family and tell them to, to change their ways so that they can, they can be with God? No, no. If, if somebody dies and comes, he, he has to go up there. No regard still that human beings are equal. Actually, they're not equal because you're still measuring. Human beings are the same presence of God expressing in different ways. Jesus is saying here that it is important for us to repent now. Otherwise, where you are, where your heart is not aligned, you will continue in that space when you transition until you have reaped what you sowed. Doesn't say he was here forever. Doesn't say eternity. But it does say he's telling, he's telling them, catch my family before they come down here. Do you guys get that? Can you see how this is similar to the consciousness in the world? That there are, there are people still in a superior consciousness where people aren't even thought, people aren't even considered on the same level. That we're, we're still kind of treating each other in a way for you to come into a school and shoot somebody and then have ma magazines be ready to shoot more. There's no regard for life. And, and as I said a couple weeks ago, I'm still, I'm, I'm really paranoid about this. As I said a couple weeks ago, there's a reason why we are studying, there's a reason why rather we're celebrating Black History Month. We haven't come to a place yet where it's no longer significant and important. It has to be something, and, and it was the, the, they picked the day, the, the month that had the less days in it too. <laughs> like for real. Throw them a bone. And I promise you it's not easy for me to be up here talking, but this is my charge. This is my charge to help us shift. So we see the behavior is this way in the United States, we, and we can see ourselves in times when we might have not have been the most regarding for somebody else too. It may not have been as bad as the, or I don't want to say as bad, as severe as the rich man to Lazarus, but we've had our moments sometimes where we disregard others, haven't we? If we just be real about it. And Jesus is giving us an opportunity in this story to go through a self-examination and repent. 
so we can see ourselves in the story and we can see where there's moments where we need to repent. And in a minute, we'll go through three ways of doing that. But I want to go deeper because the rich man and Lazarus, now the rich, one thing that's different in this parable than any other parable that Jesus has ever done is he named somebody. Lazarus is named here. Any other time, he doesn't give a name. He keeps it anonymous. But Lazarus is named here for a reason. Wasn't there someone that he did resurrect whose name was Lazarus? There's a significance there. Jesus found ways to prophesy what was going to happen, and it wasn't too long after that it happened. He found a way to prophesy that so that people can pay attention and hear and go deeper on what, God, what God's telling us through Jesus. Inside of you right now is the rich man and Lazarus. It represents the, con the consciousness is caught up in a human and caught up in wealth, physical wealth, and it represents a part of you, which is the rich man, if you, if you didn't get it, the rich man. Now, in the other, place, other places we saw the rich man, it represented God, but here it represents a gluttony for those things that are materialistic. Lazarus represents that part of us, that, star that spiritual part of us that's starving, not getting the attention it needs. Does that make sense? It says that he was sitting at the gate waiting for scraps to fall off the rich man's table. The gate that he was waiting at is the gate of consciousness, the opportunity for you to choose differently for you to start taking your choices, taking your consciousness, taking your thoughts, and root them in God. When our thoughts are rooted in uh, something else, it, empty, it makes us empty. I was, um, for a long time, I would pass by people who had those signs that said, um, need help. You know what I'm talking about? The little cardboard signs and stuff. And I always judged them. It was like just automatic. Now they know they could be doing something. Until I stopped one day and had a conversation with one. I was going to, uh, it was back, it was years ago, going to Northland, and this guy was standing, sitting, I was getting off the bus, and he was um, sitting uh, at the bus stop, and he asked me for some money so that he could get some McDonald's. And I said, well, I'll be right back. And I went and got the McDonald's for him, and I gave it to him. And he snubbed me. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that's why I was thinking the way I was thinking. But that was just that one person. It stopped me from doing it again, and I was like the rich man, keep my money to myself. But then I tried it again, and the person who I did it to the next time started crying and thanked me and asked me, could she give me a hug? And then I did it another time, and uh, <laughs> I was coming out of um, the post office. I had just put in, I had just that weekend done a wedding, and so I was 
uh, mailing off the marriage license, and um, a lady asked me, she was on her, in her, on her bike, and she asked me for some money. All I had was a $20 bill, and I handed it to her. I was like, you gave her that whole $20 bill? I said, yeah. The more I do it, the more my heart feels full. It's like I'm giving away, but my heart feels full. It's like every time I do it, it's like I'm touched deeply. It's like they can still have, they can have on nice clothes or whatever, but my heart feels so full when I give it anyway. It's like I feel like I'm the rich one, even though I gave my last away. That's what the rich man missed when he didn't at least acknowledge the guy at the gate. Where in your consciousness, oh, my butt's that big, I'm bumping against this. Wow. <laughs> I'm not that big. <laughs> I'm glad it's not real flame. Okay, I thought something was rubbing my butt, and I'm looking at this, I'm bumping against the candle. Oh, my scarf is, oh, and it's not even, it's not real. It's not gonna, uh-uh, it's not real. Just kidding. I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just went like this. How long can I hold it? How long can I hold it? How long can I hold it? I should have said that. Now I lost my train of thought. What here is interesting because the, the rich man gets it when it's too late. And what Jesus is saying, let's get it now. Let's get it now when we can really make a difference and feel the fullness of our hearts. Back in the day in, the, in, the, in uh, Jerusalem, I mean, uh, in the Jewish times, they used to, like I told you, they used to lounge. And they used to sit next to each other with their backs and lounge. It says here that the, the um, angels took the Lazarus to Abraham. But in other translations, it says to Abraham's bosom. Which means that when you're in a space where you are doing the best you can, even in a moment where you don't have it to fill yourself up spiritually, God's presence is still there. The bosom means that he was held. Does that make sense? Now, what they would do in the, in the day, the reason why they say this too is because it's, it's, it's talking about their culture. They would lean like and talk. And if they wanted to talk to someone else, they'd have to lean over and usually they're brushing against the person's chest. And so that's their bosom. And so that's what they're doing here. That's what the rich man's noticing is that Lazarus is leaning in to Abraham's bosom. I'm wondering if you guys are leaning in to the presence of God inside of you. Like for real. I'm wondering if you're leaning in in those moments where you feel really scared, really hurt. I'm wondering if you're leaning in when there's something that you know that you've got to stretch yourself to do. Those moments where you've got to have those uncomfortable moments, those uncomfortable situations, those moments where you have to speak up for yourself. I'm wondering if you're leaning in when you know that there's something that you have to repent about. 
knowing that the presence of God is with there, with you, and that there does not have to be shame in it, because guilt is just a reminder of where you moved out of, out of alignment. Does that make sense? And I say that because a lot of times we have a difficult time changing because there's a lot of guilt. Now with me, I dwelled there and it turned into shame. This is the first time I'm so grateful. This is the first time that I noticed that I leaned into guilt and it turned to shame, that I didn't start crying because I, that time was so terrible for me. It was years of my life. I'm, I'm 54, I'll be 55 this year, and it wasn't until maybe four, five, six, maybe five years ago that I really got into a place that when I miss the mark, I don't have to feel shame. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because shame keeps us from moving forward. It's debilitating. And that feels so good. The beautiful part about This rich man being in the anguish and in the flame is that he has an opportunity to see the error of his ways. And at the same time, he's being purified because the flames are purification. Does that make sense? What do you feel that we need to step into today? I'm asking you. I'm asking you all. Love. Light. Love and what? Light? Light. What else? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That's the deepest thing. I'm about to get so real. I'm, 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 I'm. Sometimes you have a fear of messing up. But I got to talk to some people here. And I'm asking God to show me how. Something happened a couple days ago that, that it, it, was a, it was a confirmation for me. I want to talk to the white men here. Well, when I talk about that the consciousness needs to change in this system and, and in, this in the United States and even the system because there's some ways in which the system is not working and it's not being backed up on how it's supposed to work where everybody is in equal, equal place. I do not hold you accountable. There may be black people and black, brown people. And I want to say, I was told one time when I said black and brown people uh, and add yellow, red and yellow. And I didn't realize that red people meant Indians and yellow meant Chinese. I did not notice that. I thought I was being pushed out of the way and dis disregarded. When it was just an acknowledgement that there's others too. 
But what I really would like it to be is that there is no need to say a color in the first place. That's what I would need it to be. That if I say black or brown or white, you mean I mean everybody. Because I didn't know about the red and the yellow. Or the, I, didn't, I, was, I, I just didn't know. But those of you who are white men here right now, I have a feeling that it is not easy to hear when people are talking about the, the way the United States is and that white men created it. And it was years and years ago, but I have a feeling that there may be moments that you feel like, well, it wasn't me. And you may feel like, what am I supposed to do? How can I change it? And you, feel, you, may, feel, you may feel some kind of way about it. And I want to tell you that I am here to support you. Come talk to me, because I'm here to support you and let you know I do not hold you accountable. And I also want to say how humbled I am that you guys have been hearing me talk, and you know which way I'm trying to take the church. And you're here supporting me, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. And I thank you for that. I thank you from the bottom of my heart because it could be hard to take this on and say, but it wasn't me that did it. But I want to commend you in being the one who wants to change it and being the one to do something to change it, to support us and help us because it has to be you that changes it. White men, I mean, white women can't do it and black and brown people cannot and red and yellow, we cannot do it. But you are here, and I have a feeling you're committed, like in your heart, that you care about me. Am I, am I right? <laughs> and I want you to know that the reason I'm having the critical conversations I want to give you a voice. I want to give everybody a voice so that you have a place where you are accepted and as you become our allies, we become your allies. Does that make sense? Yes. I love each and every, I love that song. <laughs> See how God works? <laughs> Let's lean on God. That is so amazing. I love that song. And we got Ben up here. <laughs> and Joanna. <laughs> this is this my talk did not go at all the way I planned. But I had to follow God. What I want us to do. Those of us who are not white men, can we please stand right now? Let's stand, please. Who are not white men, can we please stand? And can we please applaud the ones who are here? From our hearts. We applaud you. You can have a seat now. And I thank you all. Everything changed how I was supposed to speak today. 
because I was moved. One minister told me, she wonders how white men are feeling right now with all the stuff that's going on. And I said, I want to help support them in supporting us. And so let's lean on God. I'm leaning on God right now together. I'm leaning on God right now. I'm looking inside of myself and examining myself together. I'm looking inside of myself and examining myself. I'm repenting and changing those places I'm unaligned together. I'm repenting and changing those places I'm unaligned. And I'm stepping forward in the strength and the love of God together. And I'm stepping forth in the strength and the love of God. I thank you, God, for blessing this congregation. I thank you, God, for blessing all white men in this world from changing hearts, changing minds, changing lives, and for being the power that's moving in each and every one of them to create a better place for us all. And we will do our part as you move in them, and we know, God, that you will do your part. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. I'm done.
Just take a deep breath and gently close your eyes and just feel what you led to give today for love offering. Move into your space of prosperity and abundance, knowing that we're calling on God's prosperity, God's abundance, and let it come to mind what you feel led to give. And let's go ahead and do our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And now, um, I, can you walk down here? <clears throat> We're going to have Roxanne walk down. Can we stand and visualize yourself? We're in a virtual circle. If anyone else wants to come down and be in the, in the circle, come on down. I'm asking the prayer chaplains to come. <clears throat> if you need to stop in the middle, you can stop in the middle, sweetie pie. This is her walk of victory, her walk of fame. I want you to bring to mind who you feel led to pray with. We're not praying for them because we're acknowledging that we're praying with them that their prayers are answered. Gently close your eyes. Imagine that person. And we hold the space in our hearts right now. Those of you who are online, you're part of this circle too. We're holding, we're circling Roxanne with love and light. We're circling everybody else. They're in this circle with us with love and light. We see all prayers answered. We see healing happening. We see perfect divine health and wholeness. We see all resolutions. We see finances that need to be ha uh, happening. We see relationships that need to be uh, just being resolved and reconciled. We see God doing a movement in this world of peace on the hearts that need to be touched, on the minds that need to be touched, in the situations that need to be touched. We see everything moving and being in alignment with the perfect divine law of God that only good can happen. All things are working for God's good. Together, all things are working for God's good. Say it again. All things are working for God's good. One more time. All things are working for God's good. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Woo. Now let's do our prayer. We send, in her, send love and hugs right now while she's standing up here. Do your hugs, do your hugs. While she's up here. And let's go ahead and do our prayer for protection. 
And um, as we say it, we're holding in line everybody else who we have in the prayer circle, along with Roxanne and the world. We're holding everybody. Oh, she want me to hold your hand? Oh. We're holding everybody in this light. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Praise God, there's peace on earth. I know it begins with me. Praise God, there's peace on earth. The peace that was meant to be. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.